1: To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Oh
2: my goodness, me! What a fantastic!
1: Scarf around Emirates Stadium. Hello and welcome to the Arsenal Weekly Podcast for the week of Monday, the 19th of October 2017. I'm your host, Russell Hargreaves. Coming up on today's show, Jack Wilshere talks about his return to the club. We examine the letter M in the A to Z of Arsenal. Adrian Clark is back for another dose of the chalkboard. We kick off by going around the club with Max Jones. It's time
0: to go around the club with Max Jones. Well, delighted
1: to say that Arsenal media's Max Jones joins us. Uh, Max, good morning. I believe you're actually physically sitting at Arsene Wenger's uh, media conference table up at the London Colney training ground. Great, great seat
0: to be in. (laughs) Yeah, morning, Russ. Um, Unfortunately, I don't think I command the same authority that he does when he sits in this chair. But um, it's very comfortable and um, ready to talk about some football.
1: Excellent. So you're up there for the Arsenal Women's Media Day. Uh, Just tell us a little bit of the background on how things are shaping up at the moment.
0: Yeah, it's good. So we've got um, we've got a couple of sponsors here today. Um, they're going to be doing some some stuff with the uh, with the women's team, and then we're going to be getting them to do some uh, slow mo headshots, some interviews. Um, a couple of players actually, we're going to get to interview each other as well. So that should be uh, that should be quite nice. We'll do a, a couple of bad joke competitions with them. So you know, <laughs> it's, it's a bit of fun mixed in with some uh, some serious stuff as well.
1: And on the serious side, it has been a, a bit of an up and down start to the season, hasn't it, for Arsenal's women?
0: Yeah, I mean, they're. Um, you get the sense that they've not really settled yet. I don't think Pedro Martinez-Losa knows exactly what his best team is just yet. It's quite early for that. Um, but just looking at, looking at where they are in the table, I mean, they're sixth at the moment. One win, one draw, one defeat. Um, but it does mean that already they're five points off Chelsea and Manchester City, who have each won their three opening games. Um, it's probably worth bearing in mind that these are two teams who, who lost just once all of last season so you can't really be expecting them to slip up what it does mean is that arsenal really need to uh, to up their game in the next few weeks um possibly i'd say most of the work needs to be done in defense um in in the recent games they've they've used two new players in josephine henning and jessica samuelson who may just take a bit of time to adapt to the new team and the system and and things like that all of the new bedding in problems I, I guess that each team goes through so you know, I don't think it's crisis mode just yet. I don't think there's any need to panic, but Arsenal really do need to start up in their game in the next few weeks.
1: In terms of one or two positives to take, we talked, didn't we, Max, pre-season about a few new faces coming in and, and the opportunity to really kind of mark a new period in Arsenal women's history. And hopefully the pieces are at least in place. They just need a bit more time to maybe slot together.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's all about getting these players to gel together. I, I think it's really important that, that Vivian Mirdima gets up and running sooner rather than later. I think there's been a lot of um, a lot of media talk about her arrival and what she can bring to Arsenal and, and lots of former players and, and current coaches have come out and said what a good signing she is. Um, but, you know, the longer she goes without scoring, the the more pressure is heaped upon her. So it's, it's important that she comes out, gets a goal. And I'm really actually looking forward to seeing how well she combines with Heather O'Reilly as well. Um, it, it looks like those two could have a good understanding on the pitch. So hopefully we see that soon.
1: OK, let's move on then to one or two of the other stories surrounding the club. And one or two Arsenal players from the men's senior team who've had uh, exciting times with their nations in guaranteeing qualification for the World Cup. Let's start maybe with Alex Iwobi in Nigeria, because this uh, it's a really nice story, Max, isn't it?
0: Yeah, what a moment. I mean, this is this is you know a youngster who joined us when he was just eight years old um he's come through the academy system here he's eventually made it into the first team um you know scored his first goal for us when he was 19 and then two years later with Nigeria needing a goal against Zambia he's the one that's coming off the bench and then just seven minutes after coming off the bench he's scoring the winner and I don't know if you've had a chance to look at the uh the goal and the celebrations that followed but it was it just seems like an incredible moment and I'm I'm so pleased for him as well because he's such a nice guy and to see him have a moment like that, I mean, that will last a lifetime.
1: Yeah, brilliant to see that he's in such a rich vein of form for club and country at the moment, the yeah, youngster.
0: And also, Russ, yeah, I mean, he, he's always said that he wanted to to follow in his Uncle JJ's footsteps um, and now having sent his country to a World Cup, um, he gets the chance to do that at a major tournament. So yeah, absolutely buzzing for him and I'm, I'm sure on the biggest stage, him and the likes of... Uh, and Acho and Wilfred the Isaac Success. You know, they've, they've got a huge batch of youngsters, talented youngsters, who, given the chance to impress, I'm sure will.
1: OK, let's move on to Egypt next. Of course, they're there after beating Congo 2-1. Mohamed Nani playing in that one.
0: Yeah, well, he's, he's featured in almost every single minute of Egypt's World Cup qualifying campaign. And uh, he chipped in with an assist for Mo Salah's opener last night as well. Um, but it's actually the first time that Egypts have qualified for a World Cup since 1990. So you know, we were talking about the celebrations there from uh, the Nigeria game, but the celebrations at the Egypt game were just phenomenal. That even after um, Mo Salah's opener, I think it was on the hour mark, so you still had half an hour to play. But there was almost a pitch invasion with so many people who were just desperate to celebrate. And, um, yeah, they they eventually got the result. And it looks like Egypt are going to be a real team unit. Um, They they look like they enjoy playing together. They're very organised. And uh, hopefully that will see them get further than the group stage, which is uh, what they managed in 1990.
1: Now, Switzerland has secured top spot in their group. Granite Jacket scoring as the Swiss beat Hungary uh, 5-2, wasn't it?
0: Yeah, he opened the scoring, actually. And, uh, (laughs) again, I don't know if you've seen the goal, but he won't score an easier goal than that. It was uh, (laughs) a, A terrible defensive error by the goalkeeper. Uh, I believe the ball was passed back to him. He took a touch and then just slipped. And Granit Xhaka, pressurising high up the pitch, which we're not quite used to seeing at Arsenal, um, managed to be there at the right time to just take a touch and then slot it into the empty net. So, yeah, I mean, perfect start for him. And I've got to remember that even though they have um, won all nine of their games and, uh, and they do top the group currently, they still need a point from their final match to qualify automatically because their final match is against Portugal, who need to win to uh, top the group. So it's going to be be a very good game, actually, and and one which I I hope Granite comes out on top of. Um, He's been very impressive in their qualifying campaign. He's a real midfield linchpin for them. And like we mentioned there, he's added goals to his game as well. So fingers crossed for him and for Switzerland as well.
1: Just a couple to finish off. Disappointment, obviously, for Skodron Mustafi, injured on German international duty as they beat Azerbaijan.
0: Yeah, I mean, we don't really know the extent of the injury yet. I'm sure, um, I'm sure the boss will update us with that later on this week. Um, but you know, he, he only lasted 36 minutes, so that that tells you that it might be quite bad. You know, Germany have have already qualified. That that was that was never in doubt with their group. You know, they they topped the group from an early early stage. I don't think they've uh, lost at all yet. So, I think for him to be put into the team. Um, maybe there are question marks over that over a game that didn't really matter too much I'm sure Arsene Wenger will be uh, desperate to assess the damage when he comes back to uh, Arsenal training this week
1: Yeah, we'll be talking about that three-man Arsenal defence potentially without Mustafi a bit later in the show with clarkey and just as we let you go, Max uh, fingers crossed from a, a Wales point of view and an Arsenal point of view for Aaron Ramsey massive game against the Republic of Ireland later as we well know
0: yeah, it really is. I know my uh, my granddad will be watching that one with his fingers <laughs> crossed. He's a Very proud Welshman, so uh, he'll be he'll be desperate for Aaron to uh, to do a job and help Wales qualify for their first World Cup in yeah, you know, however long if if ever. 1959. I, I Nineteen fifty nine. Nineteen. well, I knew that you'd uh, be able to pull it out of <laughs> the bag there. Right? <laughs> but no, he's um, you know all they need to do really tonight is. is beat Republic of Ireland which obviously is going to be a tough arse you know two very passionate nations who are desperate to put their bodies on the line for their countries um, but also if they better um, Serbia's results tonight it means that they actually get automatic qualifications so it is very much all to play for in that group and you know we wish Aaron the very best of luck
1: Max appreciate your thoughts on that and thank you very much indeed for joining us to go around the club on the Arsenal Weekly Podcast
0: no problem at all Russ. cheers
1: One man with hopefully a key role to play for Arsenal's first team for the rest of the season to come is Jack Wilshere, the midfielder returning to the club after spending a season on loan at Bournemouth last campaign. Here's Jack's chat with Arsenal media's Chris Harris.
0: Jack, you said recently that it's it's been a while since you felt like an Arsenal player. What's it like to be right back in the mix?
3: Yeah, it's good. It's, it's the best feeling. You know, that's, that's what I've always known. That's what I didn't... You know, last year, it wasn't planned to go on loan, you know, although I had a good time and... You know, I learned a lot and I went to a good club. I never planned that, you know, I wanted to stay at Arsenal and then things changed, but now I'm happy to be back. You know, the year before I went alone I was injured, so it's been a couple of years since I can say I've I've been playing, you know, or been fit and available to play for Arsenal and and at my my best level, so I'm happy.
0: Is there always a slight note of caution? You don't want to get ahead of yourself, talk too much about it because you've had setbacks before?
3: Uh yes and no. I mean football is you know, especially the way I play it, you always got a chance of being injured. You know, if you're running with the ball, if you're going into tackles, you, you know that's all my injuries have ever been. You know, last year I played uh, 28, 30 games at Bournemouth, and then I picked up an impact injury. So, you know, it, I know a lot of people made a big thing about it, and you know, I was injured again. But I was, I was cool. I was calm. You know, the rehab went really well, and it only took four months for for a bone to heal, which is pretty good. So. You know, I've got trust in my body and I'm, as I said, I'm fit, I'm available and I'm getting back to my best.
0: Getting back to your best, what are the telltale signs that you know you're getting back to your best?
3: Um, I think a big thing, a big part of my game, as I always hear the boss say it as well, is, you know, the first five meter burst, my first five meter burst, um, when, I, when I receive the ball and to get away from defenders and, you know, I feel that's getting better and better each day. You know, I feel like... The way to improve that, mostly obviously in training, it helps you get fit out. But it is in games, you know, when you're playing against opposition that that want to win and want to win the ball back, and you have to be able to keep the ball. So that's coming back, and you know, my fitness levels, if I'm honest, they're probably the best I've ever been. You know, I mean, I look at my numbers after the game, and you know, I'm I've been out for four months, but I'm not I'm not the one who's who hasn't run the most. You know, I'm, I'm not. Don't get me wrong, I don't run the most. <laughs> We've got a lot of a lot of players that do that, but you know my numbers are, are good, so I'm happy.
0: The boss said some nice things about you. He said he said Jacks had a few knocks and bruises that really build a man. Do you see what he's saying there?
3: Yeah, I think he means you know when I was when I first broke into the first team, even looking back to when I was 16, you know you take things for granted. I was training every day, you know, and you're a 16 year old, you can do that. And as you get older, you know your body changes. You know you pick up injuries. You have to be more careful with with certain situations and it makes you stronger as well. You know, you, I've always loved playing football and that's what I wanted to do. And there was times where it's been tough, you know, when, when you're injured and you wake up in the morning, and you think, oh, I've got to go to training and all the other lads are training, you've got to go to the gym. And it makes you stronger and it makes you appreciate it more and, and try and do everything you can to, to keep fit and, and keep on the pitch. The A. To Z. Or Charlie George, who can hit him. Oh, he
4: got it. Per capita's down, Pires. Pires towards O'Reilly. And Arsenal found a
1: goal. M is for the magic man, Paul Merson.
4: Got it back from Kiwomia. The Goldrick.
2: Merson coming in. Oh, it's a marvellous goal. Which means so much to the scorer
1: with a direct route again, right, still right, simply
4: superb. It's a good header from Hartson. it's Merson,
2: great goal, Arsenal back in the game.
1: Merson played more than 300 times for the Gunners, scoring 78 goals and winning two league championships, plus an FA Cup, a League Cup and a European Cup Winners' Cup medal to beat. M is also for Murtasaka. The current club captain announced himself to the Emirates faithful with this goal in the North London derby back in 2012.
0: Walcott trying to go around Norton. He's done well, Walcott, plays across in Murtasaka with a header. What a time to get your first goal for Arsenal. Per Murtasaka. it's 1-1.
1: Hurt uh, would also score key goals in the FA Cup semi-final victory against Wigan in 2014, and then go one better a year later, scoring the third in the 4-0 victory against Aston Villa in that season's final. that with the corner.
0: Murtizaka's there, gets the header and scores! And that's it, surely. Arsenal are going to retain the FA Cup and pair Murtizaka... Has made it 3-0. And
1: finally, Emmys for another legendary central defender and captain, Frank McClintock. After joining the Gunners in 1964, Frank went on to captain the side to Thairs Cup glory and then to the club's first domestic double in 1971.
5: And we played Tottenham at Tottenham, naturally our big rivals. There was 40,000 at least locked out that night. And I think there was close to 50 or 60,000 at Tottenham. I mean, it was a massive crowd.
3: Graham, Bradford, Charlie George.
5: Oh Charlie George who can hit him Oh a we goal I played 66 competitive matches that year Never was substituted once Plus I played 6 pre-season friendlies
2: Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science With beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host.
5: As well, so it was 72 games, and I used to shout and ball during the game, and it used to be 60-odd thousand people here every game. Well done. Pat them in the back, kick them up the backside, maybe try and change tactics. So... You're expending an awful lot of energy all the time through the games and that, you know? And I was like an empty shell, going up to pick that cup up. It should have been the greatest moment of my life, and yet I was so tired I didn't enjoy it as much as I should have done. What a smile.
0: From His Royal Highness the Duke of Kent. The cup goes to Frank McClintock
1: and the Arsenal. The chalkboard with Adrian Clark. Joining us at the chalkboard, none other than Adrian Clark. Clarky, shirt sleeve order today.
4: Yeah, I thought I'd get my guns out for you, Russ.
1: you impressed? Impressive guns. Not bad (laughs) at all. Um, Our question at the chalkboard doesn't involve guns, but it does involve the following. Uh, With the injury to Skodra Mustafi, plus the continued absence, as we understand it, of Lauren Koscielny as well, what do you think that'll mean for the Arsenal back three?
4: It's not ideal, is it? I I must admit, I was hoping that Lauren Koscielny would be back. I I was expecting him to be back for this game. Obviously, what happened to Mustafi in the international break is just unlucky. I think, Clearly, Rob Holding's going to play, and and maybe he deserves to keep his place anyway because he, he was he did a fine job in the last home game against Brighton. wasn't over overworked, let's be honest, but but he had a confidence boosting display. And look, let, let's turn to Pierre Moutasacker. I mean, I've got no issue with that at all. When you think about his Cup final performance, it was momentous. I mean. It, I struggle to think of a better defensive performance in the, last, in the last five to ten years, to be honest. That was only a matter of months ago. So, look, let's give Per his chance in the middle. It will mean that Arsenal have to defend a little deeper. They might not be able to press with quite as much intensity going forward. They might have to just drop off a touch so that they don't leave space in behind. But Watford have been using Troy Deeney up top of late. And, and for me... He doesn't have that much pace anyway, Troy Deeney, so it wouldn't be a big deal. Gray against Mertesacker might cause one or two problems, but but I've got the trust in the big man. Okay, Uh, and Holding, as you
1: say as well, Clark, he's someone who, he's had the odd little mistake, the odd moment, but I think he's a very good player, he's a very good ball player, and he's a great prospect. And the odd negativity, I think, will be
4: ironed out in time the more he plays in bigger games as well. Yeah, as young players, you make mistakes. It's how you recover from those mistakes that often decides... What sort of career you had? It have, if you, if you take these poor performances to heart and let it affect you, let it, let it cripple your confidence, there can sometimes be no way back. With Rob, I've seen, I've seen him brush it under the carpet, not a problem. And like I say last time out, he looked very assured. So um, not an issue for me.
1: Okay, so Watford this Saturday evening in the Premier League, Clarkie, a team who
4: have started this season well, haven't they? Very well, yeah. I've been impressed by Watford, who were terrible Towards the end of last season, let's be honest, they were a mess. Well, Mazzari was pretty much already on the beach, wasn't he, I felt? Well, Massari, he started off okay, but he used 11 different formations last year. That would confuse anyone. Imagine do the chalkboard for them. <laughs> exactly.
1: The Watford Weekly Podcast should yeah, no, be
4: earning your coin. No, thank you. Um, but, but what Marco Silva's done is simplify it. He's, he's gone with more of a four-two-three-one. Sometimes he plays four-three-three. Three. I know he, he, he dabbled with three at the back for a half at Swansea. But in essence, he's a 4-2-3-1 man this season. And they look more comfortable, Watford. And he's also injected more pace to the team. The players he's brought in are quicker. And they're more exciting. They're taking teams on... With a bit more aggression. Last year, too passive, too defensive. Not so now. And as a manager as well, Silva. We talk about this new Jose Mourinho. Who will it be? Wasn't
1: Andre <laughs> Villas-Boas probably? Was it? But um, I just really like him. I like the fact he's a confident manager, but he's someone who gets his point across, and he's clearly got what it takes tactically as well for me
4: very much so yeah I think he's tactically astute he's a smart manager if things aren't working he'll change it he'll rip it up at half time he hasn't needed to do that too often this year and I was doing some research on Watford recently for something else and he's also got the players fired up they run a lot lot more than they did under Matt Sardi I think under the Italian they ran around 107 kilometers per game it's up to 111 kilometres per game, which is a massive leap, to be perfectly honest. So each individual within that side is working harder for silver. So Arsenal, um, who've been quite comfortable at Vicarage Road in, in recent seasons, they might not have it all their own way this time.
1: Now, I watched Rick Carlison make his Watford debut when I covered their game against Liverpool at the start of the season, which, of course, finished 3-3 and set the tone for one or two different issues there, didn't it? Um, he seems like a useful player because he's really come on and,
4: and continued to show that maybe he's got what it takes. Top signing, yeah. He cost a lot of money for a player that very few of us had heard of. Um, but he good looks... pedigree. Yeah, he looks a good player. He, look, he looks a prospect. He's rangy, he's quick. He's had a good balance to Watford down that left-hand side. Hard work as well. He's aggressive. He's, he's up there in terms of winning tackles for Watford. He gets stuck in. He's also deceptively strong in the air as well. So when they swing crosses in from the right hand side, just watch out for a and coming in at the far stick because he's very, he's quite tall for a wide man and he he's good in the air. I think he will score headers in the years to come. So uh, so he's certainly Watford's key. keep. Well, he's their star. He's been their star man. I, I would put him and Abdul. Dukure as, as the star man for Watford this season. And
1: Dukure is another relatively kind of low-flung player name-wise, isn't he, who's done very well
4: indeed as well. And Silver is very good at this. Very good. And Watford are pretty good at it, actually. They, they recruit a lot of players that you don't know a lot about. And, and some of them turn out to be real gems. Dukure didn't get a look-in for the first six months, nine months of his time at Watford. It looked for all the world that they'd sell him. But now he's got his place in the side towards the end of last season, did well. And he's carried that on. He's improved this year. He's the rock. He is, to Watford, what Vieira was to Arsenal. He, he's, the, he's the strong, powerful midfield player that can defend. And he can also attack. He's got three goals, I think, already in the Premier League this year. So, De Kure is decent, um, but he's not the kind of player that should frighten you. I think Ricarlison is probably the main danger man. Away from home, I'll just throw in this Because well, as we know, Emirates Stadium form for Arsenal
1: has been outstanding, mm-hmm. hasn't it? This season in all competitions on their travels a little
4: more hit and miss definitely more hit and miss i mean you think of the stoke game the liverpool game um arsenal need to prove that they can tough it out in these away games um as they did at chelsea as they did at chelsea it was it was a Hopefully, a watershed moment for the team tactically because they worked really hard. They were very disciplined that day, and they didn't give a very good Chelsea side a sniff. Play like that against Watford defensively, without the ball, and they'll be absolutely fine. They can't be. It shouldn't be. You you should go into every game feeling confident. But the way Watford are playing, okay. forget the way that they were spanked by Man City. They've had a good start to this season, Watford. If Arsenal take their foot off the gas, Watford could hurt them. Okay, so either zipping into your tracksuit or putting on your shirt and tie, whichever you prefer of the two. Shirt and tie, of course. Good
1: man, good man. Your five-second pre-Watford Adrian (laughs)
4: Clark, Arsenal team talk. Yeah, well, I'm going to go with a warning. I'm going to say respect the opposition. Take your foot off the gas against this Watford side and they will hurt you, boys. Be on it. Loving your work, Adrian
1: Clark, at the Chalkboard. Time now for the Brain of Arsenal.
6: Brain of Arsenal. It's
1: about time during this international break period that we took stock and had a check on the scores of Brain of Arsenal as Adrian Clark and I have been going toe to toe over the course of the season so far on the Arsenal Weekly podcast. Delighted to say that our illustrious editor, Liam Roberts, joins us on the line. Liam, how's it going?
6: Morning, cool. fellas. Yeah, very good. Thank you.
1: How are you? Yeah, pretty good. Thank you. I'm um, looking forward to uh, a week away from the hardcore yeah. head-to-head. Wait, we
4: were just saying off off air, Liam, that what a relief it was that we didn't have to do our revision this <laughs> week. So, um, yeah, well, um, what, what the uh, what the listeners won't know
6: and what Russ you won't either, there's actually a bigger competition going on this week in uh, in the Premier League, and that's the uh, the, the mighty the mighty Robo's Rangers in fantasy football <laughs> up against uh, Avery Ham, Adrian, Charles, Adrian Clark's,
4: uh, football uh, Yeah, I can't wait for that, Liam. Um, I've made a couple of transfers. I'm, I'm psyched up for this one at the weekend.
6: Yeah, I, I thought it was a bit the desperation
1: tactics after the uh, after the, after the weekend. <laughs> so, Liam, uh, Clark, and I have been properly getting our teeth into brain of Arsenal for several weeks now. There's a bit of a trend, isn't there? People win, they win again, and then they get humbled in week three, and it all flips. Um, I wonder how that means the scores have panned out for the first few weeks.
6: Yeah, so I've, um, I've gone a bit further into the numbers. So we've had eight rounds of the, uh, the quiz already, um, as it stands. Um, three points for a win, one for a draw. Um, so after the uh, just those points alone, you were level on 11 points each. That's uh, three wins each and uh, two score draws, I think it was. Um, as I mentioned earlier in the season, you'll get an extra point for the person who's changed these subjects the least amount of times. At the moment, you've both changed it three times. (laughs) That's another another bonus point each, onto 12. And then there's one more bonus point for the person who's answered the most questions correctly. So even in defeat, you want to be answering your questions. Um, As that stands, questions correct. Adrian has 22 and Russ has 20. So Adrian, you lead by one point as it stands, wow. thirteen
4: to twelve. Wow. I'm pleased with that. Look, I mean, I'm just going to take each round as it comes. Not going to, you know, I'm not going to get too carried away with this. You know, uh, just going to work hard and uh, see what the next game brings. Is that the response to the five-second <laughs> team tour from your player? Is that
2: <laughs> very
4: good? Um, so, so, hang on. I'm slightly confused. Do we only round up the the point, uh, the questions after eight weeks? Is that you get that just bonus point stock, once I think. every eight weeks? No, that's at the end of the season. I just wanted to. Oh, I way. see. I see. Um, but yeah, no, happy. I'm
1: intrigued as well. Bring it so, on. And uh, I'm, yeah, I'm now going Liam pretty. for quite an intriguing one, aren't I? I'm going for
4: Arsenal kits, um, which I'm, I'm mildly bought, confident you about. Book, you've bought a book on it, haven't you? Or you've, <laughs> you've got a book at home. So there's one brought out recently. I bet you've read it cover to cover. Haven't you? And what have you got? He says, moving swiftly on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still on the cup final, Lala, 2014 cup final. But yeah, no, uh, no, bring yeah. it on. He's, he's a shrewd one, this Russ. He's looking at me, guilty face. <laughs>
6: <laughs>
1: or am I just playing some mind games? We will find I'm, out in I'm a week's get time. Mind games. <laughs> <laughs> Liam, thank you very much indeed. That's Liam Roberts, our Arsenal Weekly Podcast editor. And Clarkie,
4: when can we either see and or hear you um, again? I will be back on the match Day show this weekend for that Watford game looking forward to. It. The final word.
1: Well, the final word this week goes to a group of junior gunners who helped take over Match Day for the visit of Doncaster a couple of weeks ago.
0: I'm the match day experience manager. I've, I've already had a meeting and I've had a very good dinner. It's really exciting and I've just seen Thierry Henry, so I don't see how this day can get any
4: better. It's right next to me. I am helping with the commentary whilst the game is going on. It's the whole Doncaster team and in my mind, I know who's more likely to start and who's not. Better than
6: the other one. <laughs> ah. <laughs> what
0: are you doing next week? <laughs> I've been working with these ladies here and helping to sign all the people in and then also helping put the team sheets out. The best thing today has been meeting Arsene Venga and getting his signature in my book.
2: What do you have to do today? So explain it to me we went to the pitch to make sure that everything was good. How was the pitch? It was good. We went to
0: the changing room
2: to make sure... Did he go to the changing room? Everywhere. Out there. there. Don't tell me what to do. Oh, Instead wow,
0: of- <laughs> you see that? <laughs> hey, she's learning quick. <laughs> I'm going to film the Arsenal team.
4: was it Aston Villa well Aston Villa was uh, a very
5: nice moment Uh, we beat them 6-2 I was lucky enough to get five goals so yeah that's pretty high up on the list
0: well that was Tony Woodcock speaking pitch side with Nigel and with Boris we've got Theo here uh, as well who's been on directing duty
6: producing duty tonight you've been behind the scenes in the world of television have you enjoyed it
0: great
4: Um,
2: i was
6: surprised that we got chosen because normally I wouldn't get chosen for this kind of match. I'm happy I did. Arsene Wenger moves his team into the fourth round of the Carabao Cup.
4: And finally, how did you prepare for a match against the side that you hadn't played played against? Yeah,
3: it's quite difficult. Today um, was the unknown, but uh, we won at the end, and I'm, I'm pretty happy with that.
1: Well, that's full time on this week's show. Our thanks to Max Jones, to Jack Wilshire, and to Adrian Clark for their contributions today. We'd like to know how we're doing on the podcast, so please leave us a rating and review on iTunes. You can subscribe as well and also find us on Acast. Just remember to get your questions into Clarky for the chalkboard on Twitter using the hashtag Arsenal Weekly. We're back on Monday the 16th of October, so until then, bye for now. Also, don't forget the latest Arsenal Weekly podcast, Stories, is currently available where we hear about the life and times of the invincible. this Colo Torre. The Arsenal Weekly Podcast.
2: The market.